When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody, welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. It's the new year. It's January. We're back in action here. Dale, how you been, my man? I'm great. Just trying to finish up the season. Indeed, indeed. So are the Steelers, but they're trying to not be finished just yet. They still have some work to do. Now, of course, at what everyone's focused on this weekend, Dale are the Steelers playoff chances they first of all have to handle business go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens sweeping them and getting themselves to be nine and seven and one they then need some additional help they first need the Jacksonville Jaguars to upset the Indianapolis Colts the Jaguars have two wins on the season um, and then they need just if that happens they would just need for the Chargers and Raiders on Sunday night football to not end in a tie before we get into any Steelers stuff Dale one thing that everyone has talked about when you look at that game with Colts Jaguars is that the Jaguars have won in Jacksonville going back to the last time the Colts won in Jacksonville was 2014 and a lot of those years were still other more bad seasons where the Jaguars were not a good team is this a realistic things that you think Steelers fans should even hope for in this situation or are the Colts that much better of a team with the way they've run the ball and played defense this year no I I don't put any stock in that whatsoever um you know the the if the if the Colts end up losing this game, it would be because they lost the game. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything that this Jaguars team does or can do that is going to suddenly influence this game. I mean, they're, they're a bad football team. Uh, they've been a bad football team all year long, so it would be more about Carson Wentz throwing four interceptions or something like that. And shame on the Colts if the, if if they put him in that kind of situation. Yeah, I, I don't understand how you could put him in that situation when you're playing, you know, you're playing a great season. Jonathan Taylor has been in you know, MVP considerations at different times this year with the way that he's played. You have an offensive line that's kicking everyone's butts. Why would you go to Carson Wentz there? But we could talk more about that later when we do our picks. Um, but, you know, those are the things that are needed. But b- beyond all of that, the Steelers do want to end this season on a positive note. Ben Roethlisberger has done a little bit of talking about the future of the of the Steelers. He's, you know, he's boosted up Najee Harris as he has all season long. Uh, you know, he, we've seen him talk personally to him. We've seen him talk, you know, positively about him to us when we, when we ask him questions in, you know, media opportunities, but Dale, how much do you think there is of the core of the Steelers offense of the young guys in Steelers office that are actually going to be real pieces 
for this organization moving forward. We, we know about Najee and Fryermuth, but Ben Roethlisberger has also offered up praise for Kendrick Green and Dan Moore Jr. and other guys that, that you know, potentially could be around for the long haul. Well, they all are. I mean, the team just drafted them. They're not going to jettison these guys after one season. No, I'm not um, saying they will, but I'm saying, but like, yeah. well, like he's he was talking about Kendrick Green. He's also talking about Kendrick Green moving to guard, Dan Moore Jr. being left tackle. When a lot of Steelers fans all season long have been very critical of the entire offensive line, wanting a whole new group to come in. And I've you know, I've kind of been saying like we got to see where these guys grow at the end of the year to see even what the prospects of who you'd want to come in or what you want to bring into the team that's new. And I, I think that there's a few more players on this offensive roster right now that'll be around a little bit longer than just next year uh, that you currently see right now. Yeah, I mean, that's why the team drafted them. They liked them. Um, you know, they didn't just draft them for just this year. Uh, they could have gone and gotten free agents or somebody like that if they wanted to do that. When they drafted them, they thought these are long-term prospects. So they're going to be long-term prospects. They didn't spend all this time and energy playing these guys all season long to just suddenly say, you know what? Yeah, we're going to do a redo on this and, and start over. They're going. To, they're, they're part of the process. They're part of the uh, the equation moving forward. What have you seen out of uh, um, out of Dan Moore Jr. especially at left tackle? He's a guy that. Early in the season, lots of questions. And even in training camp, we talked about, man, there's some rough things there. But in this last game, he, I mean, Miles Garrett was held to a single tackle, no sacks. Granted, he's hurt, you know, and then he's dealing with things. But still, so was Dan Moore Jr. with the high ankle sprain um, and everything he's gone. But, you know, Ben Roethlisberger has praised Dan Moore Jr. for his efforts going forward. I, I look at that, and I do see on tape things that Dan Moore Jr. has done better. He still has a long way to go as far as growth. But for a fourth-round rookie to start pretty much the entire season, Dale, you know, I, I do like things that I've seen out of him growing from week one to now week 18. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely something there. I mean, he's he's big. He's athletic. He competes. Um, you know, I, I think people are putting way too much stock into that Browns game last week about, mm -hmm. you know, the offense running the football more effectively and all that stuff. If you watch that tape, the Browns didn't really they, – they had given up. And they played. Uh, Mike Tomlin said they played two safeties most of the game. What are you trying? What are you trying to do against the Steelers yeah. with two deep safeties the entire game? I mean, they, the the effort was not great on their side of the ball. Uh, they had just been eliminated the day before uh, from playoff contention. Um, I'm not saying that they went out there and laid down or anything of the nature, but they certainly didn't sell out. Miles Garrett was was content to play patty cakes for most of that game. And, and, and it's I, an indictment know, of him, really. It, it really is. I was going to say, like, that's, you know, I know you say you don't want to, you know, you're calling them out, but that's kind of a call. I mean, you, you do that. And even though it's not a must win game, it's still the Steelers. It's still the, the team that there's still that, pride there. Yeah. Right. Right. In, in your division rival. And it would have been, I mean, I think that that's now the first time since what 2017 that the Steelers have swept the Browns. Because in 18, uh, they tied the, they, they tied each other. 19 the, was the Mason Rudolph get hit over the head with Miles Garrett helmet game. Uh, 20, of course, was the, uh, um, the you know, the, the, the week eight, week 17 victory, then the playoff victory they've had over them. This is the first sweep that the Steelers have had over the Browns. And, you know, to me, I'm like, you know, I get that you're out of the playoffs, but this was a game that you were supposed to show up and at least do something. Yeah, I mean, it shows a, a pretty interesting character. Uh, or lack thereof, however you want to look at it. Um, you know, Miles Garrett, uh, you're on the same field as T.J. Watt, a guy you're supposed to be competing with for the uh, Defensive Player of the Year award, and you put out that for kind of effort. You've been better off sitting out. 
Yeah, I agreed. It's, it's, he puts in that situation. But speaking of character, I'd like to, t- to switch it to the Steelers defense on TJ Watt's character. He's not a guy. He's not like JJ that he's very outspoken and he says crazy things and is very excitable at times and is all over social media. But he's extremely good. I mean, he's on the precipice of uh, of, you know, of breaking Michael Strahan's sack record this weekend. We'll see if that happens against the Ravens. But his consistent approach and just how he's improved and dealt with injuries and been a consistent factor for the Steelers. Again, they haven't won a game that he hasn't played in every single quarter of this year. Your, your, what is your insight on just what has got, what, what, what has made him the kind of guy that unlike miles Garrett, he shows up in those big moments. Cause again, it's not just the pure stats. He keeps coming up in big moments to help win games. And that to me is the more important part than, you know, the total number of sacks that he's made. Again, it's, I think it's that football character. Uh, and again, I'm not, I'm not here to assassinate Miles Garrett's character or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, he's hurt. I get it. Um, but if you're going to put forth that kind of effort, I mean, watch the last touchdown run again. Uh, and that's up on our site. You can find it in you know, my game story from, from the game. Uh, the, the run was on to the other side of him, so I get it. But he just stood up at the line of scrimmage and watched. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there was no pursuit. The entire Browns defense stood up and watched. And as, as a leader of the team, if you talk to Cam Hayward about stuff like that, um, that's why Cam Hayward makes a, a point to run to the football every single chance he gets. Mm-hmm. You can't expect the other guys on your roster to run to the football if you're not going to do it as the, as the leader of that defense. So, you know, TJ Watt's not a rah-rah kind of guy, but he's a high-effort guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're never going to see him, you know, out there just putting forth minimum effort at, at all, or just showing up. Uh, he's there to play, and as he said this week uh, when he accepted the team MVP award, you only have so long to play the sport, any sport really. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, I, I tell this to the kids that I coach all the time. At some point, somebody's going to tell you that you can't play anymore, whether it's your body, whether it's the team that you play for, whether it's a coach that you play for. Um, somebody's going to say, you know what, you're done. And do you really want that to be, you know, you want to be standing sitting there five or 10 years later and go, boy, I wish I'd have given more effort in that game. You know, I, I'd never worry about that with TJ Watt. Um, you know, so that that's all part of it. A lot of people will point to character whenever the Steelers lose, you know, and there's things that are pointable too, like, you know, Chase Claypool pointing for a first down at the end of, at the end of the Vikings game when they needed to clock it, you know, and there's things like that, but you know, that'll be one of the things that the Steelers get attacked about when they lose games, partially just because fans want something to yell about. They want to, they want to have their, their pound of flesh, Uh, but I don't see, I do, I do see actually a lot of guys who do show that kind of character. You see that from Minka Fitzpatrick, who I know a lot of people complain like, oh, he's not, he shouldn't be about making tackles. He should be about making interceptions. He's the reason that the Steelers haven't given up more rushing yards in all of those games when, you know, a 10 or 15 yard gain hasn't turned into a 40 or 50 yard gain on the ground for a touchdown. And, you know, you see Cam Hayward chasing Justin Herbert all the way down the field. You see TJ Watt playing. Heck, you see the way that Alex Highsmith is, you know, fight, fights through plays there's a lot of effort on this team on both sides of the bullets from guys who are saying hey like even if you're down in a situation even if your your team is being overmatched they these guys fight through something and I do think there's something to be said about that kind of effort even when everything is going against you yeah I definitely think so and you know to me the fact that Dan Moore played through a high ankle sprain last week 
uh, in a game that the Steelers needed to win says a lot about his, you know, football uh, just acumen and, and, and his character. Um, you know, that, that's a good check mark. That's a, that's a nice thing to have in your, you know, on your ledger. Uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger talking about the guy was in a walking boot this week. Mm-hmm. He's in a walking boot. Yeah. And he finished it that he for an injury he suffered in the first quarter and he played through that. Um, you know, people who say the football players aren't tougher try to say that hockey players are tougher. Get out of here with that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I, that, that, these guys are playing every every player in this roster, every player in the 53 man roster is dealing with something. Mm-hmm. Some of them much more severe than others. That's, you know, that's the stuff, you know, look, Baker Mayfield's not a great quarterback. I've never thought that he was. Mm hmm. But he's a tough son of a gun. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the I torn mean, he's labrum. out there playing with a torn labrum. Um, just... He's going to get hit on that. You know, going into a football game, the other team knows that you've got a torn labrum and you're playing through that. Uh, you know, I, I I won't ever question his toughness. I'll question some of his decision making, you know, and things of right. that nature, but not his toughness. Not at all. I mean, even on the third down scramble that he if he, he ran for in the fourth quarter that kept the drive alive, you saw him lower his shoulder as he was getting close to the sideline, like he was ready to take a hit. You know, that's that again, a lot of guys, when you get to the NFL level, you don't do that without having several of those tests throughout your your football career, whether it's peewee, high school, college, and then getting and then even when you're in the pros. I mean, heck, Mike Tom was talking Tuesday about how the Steelers Ravens rivalry and all the things that define it. One of the things he first thinks about is when Ben Roethlisberger had a broken nose in the middle of a game and was able to come back out, finish the game and throw a game winning touchdown pass. That kind of stuff. It, it, you know, comes with football, but I do also think that there's something about the Steelers that had that does push them through through a season like this. You know, people always scoff. You know, you know when whenever you bring up Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season, but I think a big part of that is he's always had players who believe in what they're trying to do, even when it's like, hey, obviously this is not. If you look from the outside and you're like, man, that's not a Super Bowl caliber team. But here they are in tough games, latent situations, trying to find ways to win. And more often than not, they find those ways. Yeah, again, it's football character. And that's why they try to acquire the guys that they do. It certainly is. Um, and, and I think that beyond, you know, everyone was talking about the end of Ben Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger's era, which is here right now and everything that's, that's going into that. But with the next step, I do think that those there are guys on the roster who can carry on that character image, that that character uh, essence that, that that we're talking about? And Ben Roethlisberger, like I said, he's even praising these guys on in, in his final some you know interviews as a Pittsburgh Steeler, talking about Najee Harris, talking about Dan Moore Jr. Because I think he wants to see that continue. I mean, you saw the love that he has not just for the Steelers itself, but for the city of Pittsburgh and the fandom of this of Steelers fans with the way that he you know took in all that was Monday night football at Heinz field. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, people can look at, uh, you know, the, the running back position and say, well, you shouldn't take a running back in the first round of the draft. And, and we can argue that all day long. Uh, but the Steelers weren't just taking a running back in the first round. They were taking a future leader uh, of their, mm-hmm. of their offense in the first round. And that, that factored into that equation as well. 
certainly did. We talked about that leading into the draft. It's not just about on-field performance. Everything that you hear about Najee Harris is that he believes in himself and he and he's a heck of a leader to have in your locker room because he believes in other people. And we've seen that when we talk to him, when we listen to other people talk about him, uh, when you know, even when you're talking to other guys and you hear him cheering them on in the background, like when you know Pat Fryman's talking after a game and you hear Najee Harris promoting him, like that kind of stuff he brings. And I think it's something else to see to be to be excited about if you're a Steelers fan and you want to see that camaraderie, that stuff that kind of boosts people moving forward. You you want to see that be, be part of the team moving forward. And I, I get the anxiety that some Steelers fans are like, if Ben Roethlisberger goes, well, does that go with them? I, I think the Steelers have the players, the coaches and the culture to make sure that it does it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, you know, all part of it. You still have great leaders in that locker room, um, you know, and I think Harris is has shown he has the ability to be that kind of guy as well. So I'm not concerned about that at all. There you have it. Talking about character, obviously the Steelers got some. We're going to take a quick break here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast. We come back. It's picks time. We got to go through all the week 18 games that that are, that are playing into the playoff conversation. Who's going to be in? Who's going to be out? You'll find out after this. Back here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly doing all things on your Pittsburgh Steelers and the NFL for this weekend, getting you ready for week 18. Uh, Dale, uh, this is this is going to be an this is the first ever week 18. And, you know, there's there's going to be there's definitely drama that goes into it that, you know, a lot of playoff teams have locked themselves in. Uh, when you look on the NFC, all but one team, there's all but one spot. That, that's locked up when you look at it um, in the AFC, all but two spots uh, ha- have been locked in, but there's still plenty of teams that could get it on the, on, on the AFC. Um, so it's going to, it's an interesting picture. This, we're going to start with Saturday's games, which don't play too much of a role other than, you know, the chiefs, they're playing the Broncos. They're just trying to put themselves in position for if the Titans slip, they could probably they could jump into the first seed overall. Um, but they're the, the 11 and five Chiefs play seven, nine Broncos. The Broncos have just been going through it. Vic Fangio, I think, might be on a hot seat for sure with the way that, that they've been playing. Um, I, I see this as a game the Chiefs go into. They had a tough loss against the Bengals last week. They want to go into the playoffs on a high note. And I think I see them winning that one. Yeah, they're going to smoke them. Yeah. <laughs> And what, but the other game that that's, it has, it really doesn't have much of a playoff impact because the Cowboys have already clinched the NFC East. The Eagles have clinched a playoff berth. They're in, it just depends on, you know, how, if they will be the, the seven, the sixth or the seventh seed in the NFC. Uh, but this is still a game that there's, there's pride on the line for sure because these two organizations hate each other as much as like, you know, when Steelers think they, they talk about like Steelers, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, Cowboys Eagles isn't on the level of Steelers Ravens, but it's it's an old rivalry that I've seen the hatred there for a long time. The Eagles, though, they've I didn't think that they would clinch a playoff spot with the way they started this season. Jalen Hurts has certainly helped them kind of establish things. Their running game has, has has really showed up this year. The Cowboys with an upset last week over the Cardinals kind of caught things off guard. Is this a game where the Eagles win at home and they go on on into the playoffs on a, on a high note? Or is this the game where the Cowboys show who you know show that they're still the big dogs in the NFC East? 
I got the Eagles winning this one. I mean, I, I just think that the Cowboys are going to rest a bunch of guys. We already know Micah Parsons isn't going to play in this game. Uh, the Eagles win. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there just because, like you said, Cowboys don't have a lot, don't have as much to play for. You've locked at the division. You can't get the one seed. You, you want to get your guys rested. And Micah Parsons, he's had a phenomenal rookie season, definitely defensive rookie of the year. I mean, some of you think that he should be defensive player of the year, but that's a different, that's a different conversation. Um, then you get to a game that this is interesting to pick, Dale. And I, I know that you you look at gambling odds and stuff, but Bengals at Browns with the Bengals being 10 and 6, the Browns 7 and 9. We just talked about how the Browns, like, you know, you know, in that in that game against the Steelers, didn't show all the effort they wanted. Baker Mayfield's not playing in this game, so it'll be presumably Case Keenum. Uh, but the Bengals have said they're resting several players. Joe Burrow's not gonna be playing, Joe Mixon's not gonna be playing. They're gonna have key guys out. Is this still a game that the Bengals win even with their backups in those positions, or do you think the Browns are, are able to come out on, on top at home? Well, I think the Browns are going to be resting, quote-unquote, a bunch of guys <laughs> as well. Uh, I don't expect to see Nick Chubb or Hunt or some, a bunch of those. Dearness Johnson's on the COVID list now. Mm. Uh, I'll take the Bengals. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with them as well. I just, I also think the Browns are just in a mentality standpoint. They're not in a in a place to. They just don't have any weapons. That that's that too. That too. But I also think that this 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 season, the way this season has gone, is a bit demoralizing. I'm very intrigued to see how they move forward next season with the way the comments we've heard from Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski and what's all going on there. I'm intrigued to see what that organization does bouncing back from this year because this was certainly a disappointing season for them. Um, easy game. We don't have to talk much about Packers Lions. I'm going with the pack. I don't care about whether Aaron Rodgers is playing or not. They'll find a way to win this game. I am taking Detroit. What? Um, I think they've played, they've played tough down the stretch and you know, they'll, they'll beat Jordan love it. Uh, you know, they're, they're trying to establish something there. They're going to play their guys. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how interested the Packers are going to be in this game. Uh, just trying to get out of it without getting hurt. Uh, even with some of their backups, I think they'll, I'll take the Lions at home. Interesting, interesting. The Lions—they have won two of their last five games, um, so they're they they are trending better than they were for the, for the rest of the season. Those are the only two games they've won. Uh, but I, but that's interesting. So there's our first split for the week. I'm on the Packers. You're on the Lions. Um, but uh, Titans Texans. This is a game that could be important. For the for the one seed, because if the Titans win, they, they clinch the one seed. But is there a chance the Texans, who have also ca caught on a little bit late here, they've won two of their last three games, uh, three of their last their last uh, seven. So they they've caught on a little bit as well after their horrible start this season. But I just don't see any way the Titans know they have to lock this up. They know they're getting Derrick Henry back. I think they're they're playing too well uh, to, to falter at this stage of the season. Well, they weren't playing well a couple of weeks ago against the Steelers. That's true. Um, and they did lose to the Texans at home earlier this year. They did. By 10. They got smoked in that game. Um, but I got the I got the uh, Titans winning this game. I don't think they uh, lose twice to the Texans and get swept. Yeah, I, I think they avoided. They they destroyed the Dolphins 34 to 3 last week. Um, so I just I, I think that they're they're going to ride that wave. Bears Vikings two meaningless teams here that are at the at the end of their ropes. Uh, the Bears, you know, they've already said Justin Fields isn't playing, so we're, we're you know we're gonna we're gonna have their backup quarterback situation. I'm sticking with the Vikings because they're at home, but man, uh, both of these teams are have coaches that could be coming out listed on Black Monday when we're talking about that. I'm gonna take the Vikings. I think they care a little bit more. I think that I think they actually like Mike Zimmer. Oh, you think so? Okay, okay, that could be interesting I think to the see. Players like Mike Zimmer. 
The play. So you think the players stand up? Okay, that that'll be interesting to see. They'll play. They'll play for the coach. Matt yeah. Nagy, though. No. <laughs> there you have. He's not. He, he ain't going. He ain't going last. Uh, that. But that writing has been a bit on the wall. Um, meaningless NFC East game. I'm going with Washington over the Giants. I'm sorry, the Giants are just a complete mess. They haven't scored a touchdown in five games, Dale. Five games. As bad as people have talked about the Steelers' offense. My goodness. Yeah, the Giants are just a complete disaster. I don't know how Joe Judge doesn't get fired. Um, ridiculous. It, it, it's ridiculous. That's what happens when you blow when you blow things up. Mm-hmm. A once proud organization, a one a team that was uh, a pretty consistent competitor for Super Bowls, and they blew things up and they can't regain it. You don't just blow things up, folks. That's this is this is this is uh, proof one. Uh, you know, if you say just the Steelers need to blow it up. You point to the New York football giants and say, mm-hmm. this is what happens. They have, they're the losingest team in the league over the last six years. It's it's something that you and I have talked about a lot. I think we'll talk about it more this offseason when we do other podcasts. But, I mean, but it's it's the first thing I point to is, is like Tom Coughlin. And, yes, Tom Coughlin's last few years weren't impressive, but you always knew that Tom Coughlin would go through a cycle where it would be a couple years where they'd struggle, but then, like, one, you know, that one year, they'd make a push, and it just so happened two of those pushes led to Super Bowl championships. And why you'd get rid of a two-time Super Bowl champion for Ben McAdoo, who had one winning season, and since then, the Packers – or excuse me, the Lions, or I did it twice. The Giants haven't had a winning season since. Uh, but bottom line, you're right. That's a perfect example. The 6-10 and 10 Seahawks play the 11-5 and 5 Cardinals. Supposedly, J.J. Watto is, is, is trying to work his way back from his injury. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. But the Cardinals did have an impressive win over the Cowboys last week. I, I thought they were fading late in the season. But the Seahawks also caught on big uh, with Russell Wilson, D.K. Metcalf, and Rashad Penny uh, blowing it up. But I, I think the Cardinals still have this have, the, have what it takes to win this game at home. Yeah, the Cardinals need to win this game to have a shot to uh, win the division. Uh, I'll take the Cardinals. Saints Falcons. Now, this game may not look important to a lot of people, but there is an outside chance the Saints could make the playoffs if they win this game. They would need the Niners to lose to the Rams. And if that happens and the Saints win, they would be in. I'm going with the Saints. I think their defense is good enough to win, even with their quarterback situation. What say you? Yeah, they always torture Matt Ryan. I'll take the, <laughs> I'll take the Saints. Poor Matt Ryan. Um, Bills, Jets, I mean. Bills need to win the division. They they beat the Jets. They do that. I, I think they, they at home. They've had they've had some ups and downs this season, but this isn't going to be one of those down weeks. No, I'll take the Bills in that one too. Rams Niners. Now here's the here's the kicker for the Saints to uh, for the Saints to to make the playoffs. They need the Rams to win this game. Rams needed a last second touchdown to beat the Ravens, um, and but they did do that. Do you think they finish here? Because the Niners did give them the business earlier this season. I am picking the Rams at home, though. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams and uh, the 49ers get left out of the playoffs. Ooh, that'll be good. That'll be a tough situation for San Fran with the way these years gone. But uh, Patriots at Dolphins. Patriots have been are 10 and 6, 8 and 8 Dolphins. Patriots need to win this game in case the Bills lose to the Jets. But you and I both know, Dale. Miami has been a house of horrors for the Patriots, even in the Tom Brady days. Now Mac Jones has to try and live through it. I'm going with Miami. I know they got smoked last week, but I think they find another way to mess things up for New England, and they'll finish 10-7. and 7. 
Yeah, I'm torn on this one. I don't know how much Belichick's gonna he gonna care necessarily. I don't think he re, I think he realizes that they're probably not the division winner. Maybe rest some guys. I it just, but I, I just don't think the Dolphins are a good football team. I realize they beat they beat the Patriots in Week One, but it was 17 16. It was Mac Jones' first career start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the I think the Patriots ride Ramondi Stevenson in this game, and I think they win. Interesting. So there's another split for us. Uh, Panthers Buccaneers. Uh, five and eleven Panthers, twelve and four Buccaneers. The Panthers have been just Bucks. a disaster. Dang, he's not even giving me a chance. I was gonna, I was gonna lead in like Antonio Brown drama. He doesn't care. He, <laughs> the Panthers are that Bucks. bad, and the Bucks are gonna win. The Panthers have lost like nine games in a row. I mean, they're just a mess. <laughs> they are a mess. Is is Matt Rule gone on Monday? Um, I don't think so. But they're a team that that seems to like to uh, to to try to get splash. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's why they signed Cam Newton. That's why they make the trade. They, 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 I don't think David Tepper apparently learned much uh, from the Rooney family when he was a, when he was a uh, an investor in the Steelers. He seems pretty impetuous. So uh, I could see that happening. I could see Rule just saying, you know what, I want to go back to college too. So you never okay. know. That, that, that'll be interesting to watch there, one of the Black Monday situations. All right, the three games that matter to the Pittsburgh Steelers playoff hopes. Let's start with the Chargers Raiders game, Sunday night football. This is the game that just needs to not end in a tie. I think the Chargers have the better roster, Dale, but the Raiders have been impressive. They've won three in a row. They've won four out of their last six. I, I think that they're going to win this game. They've been dealing with a lot this year. John Gruden's been gone. Demon Arnett's been, been gone. Henry Ruggs has been gone. Everything. But Derek Carr has stayed composed. I think they find a way to win this game. I know the Chargers beat them pretty badly earlier in the season. But I think with the way that they're trending and the way that the that the, the, the Chargers have played this year, they've been wildly inconsistent. They, I, uh, they won last week over the Denver Broncos. But before that, they lost to the Texans and the Chiefs. I think they, they end up losing in Las Vegas. I'm taking the Chargers. I think they're the better team. I'm not, I'm not going to overthink it. Not going to overthink it. There you go right there. All right. The other game, this is probably the more important game for the Steelers that isn't their own. The 9-7 Colts are the 2-14 and 14 Jaguars. I know you said basically you're picking the Colts here, and as am I. I, I know that the Colts haven't had luck in Jacksonville since whew, the, the, the year that Ryan Shazier was drafted. Um, but – is how what what if there if there's a percentage chance that you put on the Jaguars for Steelers fans to watch this? What would you put it? One percent. One percent. Not even like five. Not even like a one out of twenty. One percent. One out of a hundred. The Jaguars are awful. They are. Trevor Lawrence is. They they average fourteen points a game. Trevor Lawrence has thrown one touchdown pass since since uh, Halloween. Oh boy! And it was on a it was on a screen pass. I mean, they 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 may be ruining that kid. Um, you know, this was a which, a which you and I said that they might when they draft a big him. can't miss prospect, and and you know he could be getting Tim couched here. Um, it's just not good. They're not a good football team, and I think that they uh, they have mailed it in. Um, part of that's because you know they they hated Urban Meyer, but um, at this point in the season, they're they're done. I, I think so too. Um, th- their only hope is if they somehow stop the run and create some problems for Carson Wentz. So you're I saying just, they have no hope? Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Is that like I just one percent? I can't one percent. <laughs> like my phone battery most of the time. Um, but uh, but but yeah. So we're both picking the Colts there. But Steelers fans, th- th- even though that would eliminate your team from the playoffs, you do want to see Ben Roethlisberger go out with back-to-back wins over AFC North rivals, Dale. Do the Steelers pull this out? And if they do, how do they do it and who do they lean on? 
Well, weather's going to be a factor in this game. There's about an 80% chance of rain. Um, so that that's concerning. Um, initially, I, I picked the uh, the Ravens in this game, but I, I with the news that Deontay Johnson is now back off the COVID list, that changes things for me mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, he's the, the Ravens secondary is atrocious. Yeah, you know, and I know people talk about well, they've got the number one rush defense in the league. They have the number one rush defense in the league because nobody wants to run the ball against them because <laughs> it's way too easy to pass. It really, is. I mean, they, they give up twelve point nine yards a catch. This Jesus. jeez, it's 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 point seven point seven yards more than the next closest team. The Lions give up twelve point two. They're just so easy to throw the ball against because they have no cornerbacks. Uh, I get the Steelers winning this one. It's going to be close. The Ravens have been plucky, uh, but I, I think the uh, Steelers pull it out. They have been plucky this year. I mean, you think back to their games over the Lions and like some of those early season wins were just several things just fell their way. And now we've seen towards the later season that started to come back on them. The two-point conversion against the Steelers. They had a two-point conversion the other week. And like you said, they have the number one rushing defense, but they have the dead last ranked passing defense. They give up 281.7 passing yards per game. The next closest team is the Seahawks, and they are two, they are they're at 270.4. I like you think the Steelers win this game. I think that also TJ Watt and the Steelers defense with Tyler Huntley playing this game is going to play a factor. They're going to create some turnovers, some short fields for Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers to offense to not have to work too hard, but they'll get the W. But there you have it. Both of us agree, basically, on on our on the playoff outlook here that the Niners will be out and the Saints will be in for the NFC, NFC playoffs. Meanwhile, the Steelers will be out because the Colts and the uh, you have the Chargers that, that were in, in at the in at the seventh seed, while I have the Raiders making it in. So that's our one difference here. We'll see if that holds up next week. Dale, thanks as always for doing the show with me, man. It's good. It's glad to be back on back on the on the uh, on the on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast with you. Thank you, dear listeners, for listening to this show on DKPittsburghSports.com's podcast platform, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, anywhere podcasts are hosted. We are always free and we are always fun. We have the H2P podcast as well as, well as many more shows coming out tomorrow. I got I'm covering Pitt basketball at the Peterson Events Center um, this this Saturday. Dale, of course, will be in Baltimore on Sunday covering the, the the Steelers game. So there's a lot of great action coming to DKPittsburghSports.com. Be sure to subscribe there and to subscribe to our podcast platform to get all of our great content. 